It's your boy Dreams from the Notorious Mass Effect, and I'm here to let you know you're holding yourself back. Like this show and want to make your own? Let me tell you about Anchor. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Now, you can even add songs from Spotify directly to your episodes. The possibilities are endless for what you can create. Whether it's music analysis or your own radio show or something that the world's never even heard before, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership for the newbies out there. <laughs> it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Let me say that again for the people in the back. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started so you can start affecting the masses. And remember your boy Dreams believed in you before you even started your show. So please don't switch up on me. Remember me when you make it to the top. That's all I ask. our internet analytic here aka dreams and i would like to welcome you to mine which i call the notorious mass effect podcast i am your hip-hop slash gaming news source with a little bit of r&b mixed in for episode 74 we're going to be getting into big sean and his latest ep with famous producer hip boy titled what you expect then we're going to get into megan the stallion and her latest mixtape it's all type of names for projects nowadays, but we're getting into Megan Thee Stallion's mixtape called Something for the Hotties. Then we're going to move on into Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, the latest video game to come out from Square Enix. Then we're going to finish with my boy Ed Sheeran and his latest album called Equal. But before that, make sure to click my link tree in my bio to access my social medias and follow 
to keep up with my latest activities. If you want to financially support the show, click my Cash App link located towards the top of my link tree as it helps the show overall. Also, make sure to share this podcast rating this show five stars as this helps the show reach more people so we can grow together and affect the masses. Now that I got through the intro, let's get into Big Sean and Hip Boy and their latest EP called, collab EP called, What You Expect. Sean Don has decided to drop a whole five new songs with a new ti- a new EP titled What You Expect, collabing with the multi, is it multi-Grammy award winner? I'm pretty sure Hit Boy won a Grammy with Nas, but I don't know if he's a multi-winner. But nonetheless, Grammy winner, Hit Boy producer himself. So I definitely had high hopes for this What You Expect EP. The first track that was dropped was a track you just heard called What A Life. And that track, when it first came out as a single, automatically I was thinking, okay, Big Sean's probably doing a rollout for another album for next year. Like this is gonna roll into next year. But to my surprise, even Big Sean came out himself and, and it was kind of like a surprise tweet. He said, quote, I was, well, this, okay, so this was a week after What A Life dropped and did those, it didn't do like crazy numbers, but basically everybody, the the critique on it was mostly positive. So the the following week after, we were just thinking that now it was going to be it for Sean, like his label was just going to put money into that, probably put a video out and just milk that for the rest of the year. But Big Sean came out and said, well, and tweeted, quote, I was about to drop a new song tonight, but then I thought, nah, instead, I'm going to drop five new songs tonight. So, Sean, Sean, who is that? I don't know who who that person is. But anyways, Sean Don went went out and and really surprised fans with that one. Because if you don't know, for, for all my... All my struggling Big Sean fans out there, because I'm definitely one of them. I'm one of Big Sean's biggest fans, honestly. Well, at this point in the podcast, people will probably think I'm more of a fan of Drake than Big Sean, which I'm not mad at that either. But honestly, growing up, I was a huge Big Sean fan. Like, he was my favorite rapper. And then, and then he went away in, like, 2017, 2018. He just went on a whole hiatus. So 
people who follow Big Sean, you know what I'm talking about. But then when he came back in like 2020, 2019 kind of, people was like, oh, Big Sean's back. Like, let's go. Like, oh, he's about to drop some fire music, which he did to a, a certain extent with some of the singles he was dropping, some of the freestyles he was doing, like that whole freestyle he did in his uh, house or whatever when he was in his room, turned all the lights off and it was just his shadow rapping. Like, that was kind of cool. And then his album Detroit 2 came out and that had some that had some heat on it. I mean, he had he had the song with Post Malone, that was one of my favorites. Had the track with Travis Scott, that was one of my favorites. But had Why Would I Stop, which was one of my favorites. I don't think it aged as well. But if you haven't, if you couldn't tell by my background as far as building up the the Big Sean little roller coaster that fan that us Big Sean fans has been on. This is what I'm getting to. Now, what you expect is a is a very so it, it's like okay. As a honestly, I don't really cape for for artists. Like what what I like to do is I like to give my true opinion on how I felt about the music. But honestly, with Big Sean, it really pains me to to. It's not like I won't say anything negative, honestly, because I come out and say if it's trash, but. With Big Sean, it's never really trash. It's more like the bars are always there, but the whole delivery is just like, at this point in his career, his delivery on some tracks, What a Life, I think is just fire. Offense featuring Babyface, Ray, Ray and 42 Doug, I think that's another solid track that could possibly end up on some promotion clips for the nba playoffs and, and or the nfl playoffs like i think that i think that track could go crazy but at the on the flip side that's two tracks out of six which isn't a good per- percentage at all unless you're westbrook shooting from three so honestly what, what i'm thinking with big sean his delivery on most of these tracks in this ep is just so flat like i don't know what it is like he's he has some bars that he's getting off, like some type of lines that you will put in a book. But the, his delivery is in a type of way that makes it non-engaging. Like it makes it in a way that you hear it and then you're just like, turn this off or, or skip to the next song, you know? For me, as a huge Big Sean fan, I feel like he was at his peak on Dark Sky Paradise. Now, I know that's the huge album that everybody praises but honestly big sean was at his best on that album like the whole delivery the different vocal inflections he was going with now it feels like he's just talking with the beat playing and that's not a bad thing but at that point you might as well just start a podcast like me you know (laughs) like he might as well join the podcast game because i don't see any difference in what i'm doing right now and what he was doing on the ep like basically he was talking and it was just bars upon bars and quotables but it was just like the, the, the i can't even talk the delivery is what i'm trying to say was very much flat like flat line like it was it was dead the delivery he sounded like a ghost writer trying to rap on most of this ep and that's probably that's probably as a big sean fan that's probably the most heart the, the harshest critique i can give 
to Big Sean at this moment because I'm not really I don't want to go into the EP and just say it's trash because it's definitely not the rapping is definitely well the lyrics is definitely top tier I feel like which a lot of people give Big Sean flack for some of his quotables but it's just because his bars are so unique that he will say something and if it doesn't click he's the only one that says something that outlandish that didn't stick so it sticks out in people's minds if that makes sense like he says something like I remember a whole bar went out like, what was what was the bar? He said made me seven had to he had to kill. Uh, I, I forget what it is. I think it has something to do with. I think it has something to do with nine times and like a cat. I forget, but um, a lot of people didn't like that bar. And then and then and then he had a bar with with Kanye. And talking about how he was it, it was it was so many i'm not gonna okay at this point i'm not gonna get into his bars that didn't stick because that, that it feels like i'm harping on that point but basically the holy p the beats was even the beats was was all right like what now once again i will say what a life in offense on this ep is fire well what a life is fire like from start to finish offense is a solid track and the rest is is the delivery from sean i think it's just too flat and loyal to a fault i didn't even make it to little dirk's verse because of the 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 heavy heavy pandering to radio play like it's just you can't get any more pandering than what loyal to a fault was like it didn't even sound like a like a like a genuine track these three will make together it felt like it felt like a DJ Khaled type track, like a just you do this verse, send it to this person to do this hook, and send it to this person who's hot for the sales. It didn't feel genuine at all. But what a what um, that, that's, that's really what I wanted to get into about the EP. I didn't want to kill it too much because obviously I'm a huge Big Sean fan, and I don't like to talk about artists I'm a huge fan of in a in a negative, not in a negative light, but just in a way that. I know they can do better, so it's just like with Big Sean, he he's gonna like honestly, this is a EP, so he's gonna come out with an album, and I felt like that was like Detroit Two. I felt was one of the best albums of the year. Like he had the whole cipher with like Eminem and then everybody from Detroit. He had that track with Travis Scott, track with Post Malone, but a reoccurring theme is him with other artists, but him by himself. I feel like more. I feel like eight times out of ten is the delivery is very much flat. So, if he would have gave us six, what a what a life's I would have been fine with it. But he he only gave us one. So there you have it. <laughs> so yeah, that's all I really had to say about the EP. As, as far as the the review and playing snippets, it's only six tracks long. So I'm just gonna play another snippet, which this will be the track offense that I was referring to as the only other solid track on the EP out of six songs so this is offense with big sean babyface ray and 42 doug right now i'm on offense i'm off the shoot came off the bench not start shoot driving like i used to valet park shoot i can't jeopardize my life go hard on the beat I can never, that's my paper, hit all of these bricks. Hundred thousand to the bank, get all you can get. Forty-two to the face for pouring the fifth. Heard he slip, we got his plate, we scoring again. Okay, I fuck an hour later, she born again. I'm torn for twin. Not tears the mirror, go for again. Give him something to stare at. Can't
a head, bitch. Been trying to get married, I ain't even taking them serious. I thought I bitch, bleed 300,000 a week. Another 200 and lean. Reason I probably been asleep. Johnny just gave me some tea. Daddy keep telling me smile. Mama been holding me down. I wish she gave me time. Fuck, finally can laugh. Y'all ain't been trying to get sad. Money been trying to get back. So, yeah, as you heard, like, if you hear the, the difference in, in between the, the differences in 42 Doug's energy, energy and Big Sean's energy, the, the, the delivery is, is, is night and day as far as how they deliver the verses. And I feel like that's the key part about why Big Sean's music isn't clicking. He, it feels like he's too cool in the booth. Like he needs to add more energy in his bars and his flows. So like that whole Michael Jackson flow he went on on the on the I think it was the Travis Scott track. It was either the Young Thug track or the It was either the track he had with Young Thug on Detroit 2 or the track he had with Travis Scott. His third verse, he went I think on both tracks. His verse 2, he went on a, a little run where it was like uh, Michael uh comparing him to Prince and Michael Jackson or something like that and then he just went on this whole four or five bar run that had so much energy packed into that small snippet and if he can do that like over a whole album i think he'll be fine but honestly at this point i feel like he's more of a a legacy act with i know that may be like not something that a lot of big sean fans want to hear but the reason that big sean is putting all these features i mean this is an ep and he has like what four features I think the reason he's using these features is so it doesn't fall on deaf ears and it gets more publicity because of, of course Big Sean does numbers but by himself he won't be able to hold the same status that he could have back in like 2016 2015 so that's all I have to say about what you expect didn't really want to harp on this too long because of course big sean is one of my favorite artists so th that that makes that ep left a lot more to be desired and i hope he makes up for it on the upcoming album that he already confirmed is coming so yeah let me know uh click my link here in my bio let me know on one of my social medias what did you think of what you expect by big sean and hip boy and what was your favorite track off of the ep now we're going to get into Megan Thee Stallion and her new mixtape called For The Hotties. What's up, hotties? It's your girl, Megan Thee Stallion, a.k.a. The Hot Girl Coach, a.k.a. Young Tina Snow, Mrs. Hard on the Hoe, a.k.a. The H-Town Hottie. And I really just wanted to get on here right quick and tell y'all thank y'all so much for rocking with me. Y'all don't know how much it means to me through the ups, through the downs. Y'all always sending me positive messages, uplifting me. I see them on Twitter. Yeah, I be lurking in y'all little group chats and stuff. I see them on Instagram. And I just really had to take a moment to say thank y'all, and I appreciate y'all, and I love y'all. And just as hard as y'all go for me, I always want to go hard for y'all. And just thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you to the OG hotties. Thank you to the hotties that have been rocking with me since I was doing shows at the strip club, <laughs> doing shows at any bar, any club, to the big stages that we rocking right now. I promise I'm going to keep going up for y'all, and I'm going to keep on putting on. I'm going to keep on putting on for Houston. And yeah, love y'all. Ah. So apparently, For The Hotties is a collection of old freestyles and new tracks designed to hold fans over until Megan Thee Stallion's 
next album. For me, I thought this was an album, so I was completely out of the loop when this dropped, and I was like, well, Megan Thee Stallion was doing no type of promo before this project, and she's just gonna put it out. But then come to find out, it's a bunch of old freestyles and some new tracks, but really it's just like a mixtape. But when I, like, I had the same effect when I listened to Nicki Minaj's mixtape. I forget what it was called, but it had the Seeing Green track at the beginning, which was a totally new track with The Goat and Lil Wayne. Then after that, it was like a bunch of old freestyles. And I think she has some new tracks on there. So Megan Thee Stallion kind of did like the same formula, not to like critique it, but just to say I had the same, the, the amount of enjoyment I had listening to Nicki Minaj's mixtape was at the same level listening to Megan Thee Stallion's mixtape. Like these two female artists, these two rap artists can really rap. Like the way that Megan Thee Stallion and Nicki Minaj kept me engaged throughout the whole mixtape is just like so surprising on a whole nother level. Like you would think as a guy, some of the bars would really turn you off as far as the explicit bars about what they would do to, to certain males. <laughs> but honestly, listening to it, it was just like very, I don't know. It, it, was, it was interesting. Maybe that's what girls or females feel when they listen to male rappers talk about what they would do to to a female. Like, I don't know how they really, like, take that in, but as far as a male, usually when you hear too much explicit stuff in in the, you know, from a female perspective, it's like, okay, skip it. But for this mixtape, it wasn't as bad, so I could sit through it more, like, it didn't get as explicit as she usually gets and she was really just talking her she was she was talking her stuff (laughs) and also bragging about certain things going on in in her life and some of these tracks had to be newer because she talked about some pretty relevant events that's that's going that's currently going on in her life like she literally had a bar saying R&B singers getting in in their feelings turn into gangsters or something like that but she was saying things about you know her certain situation with Mr. Lanes himself and the whole incident that happened with them and she was literally she had bars throughout the the mixtape addressing addressing that and it's just like how how many of these tracks are old how many of these tracks are new and with me not being the biggest Megan Thee Stallion follower is 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 it was very interesting for me to listen through this mixtape and and find that out so in conclusion i didn't find out which ones was old which one was new i just try to go off of which ones i really like and because it's a mixtape there's not really too many clean versions out there on the internet but the the tracks that are really standing out to the fans that i really got feedback on with megan the stallion Megan the Stallion, you know, I asked a couple of my friends, you know, they said that Megan Monday freestyle is really going crazy. Southside Forever freestyle is another standout on the mixtape. And then Bless the Booth freestyle, I think it's towards the end of the mixtape. It's the third and final standout from, from most of the people I was talking to. And of course, you know, you got to get female perspectives when it comes to this because it's not like with, with guys. 
of course they can give their perspective but with, with, with females you have to let like you know the, the most successful dominant artists in the game are mostly male like as far as making revenue and that's not like a slight to females it's just like a fact so whenever they get their shine i try to completely ask them and what they think because it's like you don't really get too much top of the line artists that are females who really make more than everybody else in their field like it rarely happens if if ever so with something for the hotties i really enjoyed this mixtape i would probably give it like a i don't give ratings so i'm not even gonna do that but let me just say that i would highly recommend a, a listen and it's okay if you don't finish the whole thing i know it's kind of lengthy i mean i think it's like let me look at the track list i believe the track list is it's so it's 21 tracks long and i know you're like whoa that is way too many last time i listened to a 21 track album i think it was like fetty wap or or i meant to talk about fetty wap's album but i didn't get the chance to but he he really that was a great album let me just say that okay back to megan the stallion because that's who we're focusing on i really like a lot of these tracks but it, it is a lot like it, it's it's when I say a lot, there's a lot. There's 21 tracks, but a lot of the tracks are very short. So if you want to make it through, you can. I believe it's like 40-some minutes and 50-some minutes in runtime. So the tracks are like really short. And some of them are even skits. Like what I played at the beginning of the segment was at the very end of the mixtape where she was just thanking her fans for for listening and supporting and all of the good stuff you know that artists never tell their fans because they, they feel i don't know if they feel too entitled but most times i ever hear a fan or artists thank their fans is when they're getting an award or when they're uh announcing something you know so i mean even i fall victim of that but at the same time it's not a bad thing but i'm just saying like when that's 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 usually when you hear an artist or, or a creative thanking their fans but some artists don't thank their fans at all. So, I, well, I, actually, I don't know if that's true. If you don't thank your fans, I would think you don't have too many. As then there'll be nothing to thank them about. Like, uh, let me chill. But anyways, um, <laughs> I feel like something for the hotties is, is, is a great mixtape. I don't have any. I don't have any snippets for the for this mixtape. Like, I couldn't find any clean ones. Like, I, I found a clean version of Kit Kat, but. That track was was solid for me. Like it wasn't a, one of the standouts. Like I really liked some of the freestyles on on the on the mixtape. Like Megan Monday freestyle. Like from start to begin, start to beginning. I said that again. From start to finish, it was just fire. It was just flames. It was just bars upon bars. Like Megan the Stallion is a real lyricist, and she makes it clear. She makes it very obvious on why Jay Z, Sean Carter himself got Megan Thee Stallion off of her label and put her under Rock Nation management because he really sees the potential in Megan Thee Stallion like she's a rapper she's a she's a rapper rapper she's a she's not faking anything like people say she may be having bars written for her, which may be true because she was with Tori and then she's now with Partisan, who's a notorious writer for Cardi B but at the same time Megan Thee Stallion always brags on her being nice with the pen which means in hip-hop definition she's good at writing verses so she, i don't think she would brag about that so much being that she has writers or she would probably get exposed because you see even the 
who I call the GOAT, wasn't wasn't um, excluded from that as if people have a shot to take at you and it's a clear legit shot they will as Meek Mandela himself took a whole shot at Aubrey Graham saying that uh, it was a quote from Rico and he was saying that how how y'all saying that he's talking about my girl he don't even write his raps and then that whole thing the Meek and Drake beef went from there so honestly, I don't think Megan Thee Stallion would brag about it as much as if she didn't write her raps. So I'm more inclined to believe her because her bars are top tier. I mean, she is rapping for real. Some people may say that she's just rapping over a beat and just rhyming words, but she is saying some things that's going on in her real life. You just have to catch it. She said a lot of things about Tori that a lot of people won't catch unless you actually know the situation and what's really going on. And then she says a lot of things about her label that you wouldn't even know unless you know what's going on. So it's a lot of bars about her real life, which you know from listening from the pod for, well, hopefully you listen for a long time a long period of time that I really value artists who put their real life into the music because then it gets you something to attach to there's a reason why a lot of Atlanta artists are blowing up now is because their rap life directly reflects their life like their real life and the negative side of that is you see some getting jail time and some being unfortunately killed which is a dark turn, but honestly, let me bring that back around to the positive side. You have Megan Thee Stallion putting her life into the music, but it's more emotional, legal battles type thing she's going through. It's not really life or death. Well, I mean, it was not, it's not funny, but one of them was almost life or death, but she is uh, putting into her music. So it's basically like therapeutic. And I feel like that's the best way to come out with the best music which is why some of the top artists in the game that's been around for a long time, you can kind of tell how the music reflect or how the life reflects the real life music. Like you can tell how some of these artists put out content the way they do. And it's because of the way that they live. You really have to live some of the content you're putting out because at a certain point, people will see through if you're just a character or not. So to, so to actually do the longevity play, you have to start trying to not like fake it, but like actually embody what you're trying to create. If you don't believe it, if you don't manifest it, then how's it gonna happen, you know? But Megan the Stallion, the way that she's doing this whole hot girl summer or hot girl winter, basically the whole hot girl rollout and her being the leader of it, she's manifested that into something that is now an actual well-known thing in the hip hop culture. So that's just an example of that. But yeah, that, that's all I really wanted to talk about with the whole Megan Thee Stallion EP. Also, the, like Megan Thee Stallion is just a great artist. Like she's female, male, put aside, like put aside. She's a, she's just a great artist who's rapping with some of the uh, some of the best new artists in the game. Like she's up there with them. So much like Nicki Minaj. So I don't want to compare her too much to Nicki Minaj because she's like a unicorn. But at the same time, Megan Thee Stallion's on a great path. So click my link tree and let me know on one of my social medias. What do you think of Megan Thee Stallion for the something for the hotties? And what was your, it was 21 tracks. So let me just say, did you think the mixtape was fire or not? And now we're going to move on. We're going to move on 
and get into Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. Publisher Square Enix has brought the latest installment of another Marvel's title called Guardians of the Galaxy Universe, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, and is based off of the Marvel Comics Guardians of the Galaxy comic book series, and the game, the video game, was released October 26. So where to borrow, to, to borrow? Uh, where to buy not borrow the Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy video game is available on all platforms PC Xbox so, uh, PlayStation even Nintendo switch so it, this game is everywhere and it's it's available at your local retort well I don't know your local retail store however they say basically it's available everywhere okay this game is very like very unexpected as Square Enix I try not to talk about it too much but Square Enix made Marvel's Avengers and that game let me just tell you if as a as a huge I don't even think like words could quantify how big of a Marvel fan I am for Marvel for Marvel Avengers to come out the way it did that was like it, it was almost like a slap in the face to every Marvel fan that ever existed. Like Square Enix really gave us some, gave us some trash, and then tried to be like, oh, but y'all will keep playing it because we'll give you, we'll keep adding on skins, not gameplay, not new villains from the Marvel universe. Instead of fighting a bunch of random robots and robot villains and robot bosses, actual villains in in the MCU that they could pull from. They, they decided to give us a bunch of robots to fight, give us a bunch of random skins that nobody asked for, and expect us to keep playing the game for for a long time, which that game, now I can say that game is dead. I would be surprised if that game even gets more DLC, which they say they had a whole roadmap for DLC, but looking at the losses that, that Square Enix had with, with Marvel Avengers, and looking at the success that this game we're about to talk about right now had with Guardians of the Galaxy, Marvel's Avengers, I believe, is officially dead as that game is nowhere near getting the reception of Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy because the, the reviews from Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy is, is really, it's not like off the charts, like 10 out of 10. But compared to Marvel's Avengers, it is night and day, let me tell you. Like, when you start getting 
when you start getting, I don't even know if y'all can hear that. If y'all did, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> but um, anyways, when you start getting games compared to, when your game starts getting compared to Bioware and Insomniac type games, you know you're in good company as they're the companies who made Mass Effect, which this whole podcast is named after. And Insomniac made Spider-Man, which is my favorite superhero of all time. So with Marvel's, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, it's just getting extreme praise from all publications and, and, and game uh, companies like GameSpot or no, uh, IGN gave it an 8, 8 out of 10. A lot of other sites gave it an 8 out of 10. They were saying that this game is, is very impressive as the journey through space. You play only as Star-Lord, which you would think is a very hindering thing because it's a team game basically you're playing as guardians of the galaxy but the way that they incorporate the other characters is more of like you know how you play as well you never play mass effect you won't get what i'm about to say let me just say if you have a main character and you have two allies bioware does a great job on making those allies really valuable in a fight and making them matter which ones you take into the battlefield Whenever you have a whole team of, of, of allies, that's a little bit more tricky. But people are saying that Square Enix made it in a way to to where the allies are very much as effective as the, the allies in Mass Effect. Like your allies, you can direct them to do certain attacks. You can direct them to stun enemies. Cer- certain enemy types only get stunned by certain characters. So then it's like a puzzle. It's like an ongoing chess game on on where you put the pieces to to effectively in the fight so square enix with with guardians of the galaxy made the whole gameplay mechanic so in, in, in intuitive if that if that's the word to where the way you're fighting is completely different depending on what enemy type you're facing so it's not just press square and then press square through the whole game and you win you have to actually strategically take out these enemy types as a team and i feel like that just adds to the overall overall dynamic of the game but honestly i feel like guardians of the galaxy is so surprising and and that's probably because from if this if this is the same company that made marvel's avengers when you play guardians of the galaxy and it plays like this you're probably like what happened with avengers like who sabotaged that game like literally the first mission of marvel's avengers was just amazing and then the rest was just like trash which is what made it even worse like they knew what they was doing with that first mission anyways let me get off of that (laughs) um guardians of the galaxy is, is definitely improvement from square enix and probably would change a lot of marvel fans mind that marvel should go away from giving square enix more marvel properties to make games from as if they can make another avengers game and just incorporate the the guardians of the galaxy feel with no microtransactions no type of no type of live service type plan that they're going to put into it to make the game worse then that would be the obvious play for them but i feel like they're going to keep trying to milk marvel's avengers but it's really unfortunate that square enix messed up so bad with marvel's avengers that square enix is, is literally every review 
that I've seen with, with Guardians of the Galaxy, it brings up Marvel's Avengers in some type of way, some form or fashion, because it, it's just unfath unfathomable, unfathomable. I think that's how you say it. I don't know. Maybe I messed it up. On how the, the this company can just be the same company that put like okay y'all y'all understand my frustration I don't, I don't know can y'all tell I'm a, I'm a real Marvels fan like that, that stuff really like irked me because I, I really played through that whole game expecting like a masterpiece that I would be able to pick up and play on the daily like 2k but it, yeah I'm just let me anyways okay so Guardians of the Galaxy is getting great reception from all type of of publications and, and gaming businesses and even game and even gamers themselves are giving them high praise as the, the best way to to praise a game is to show gameplay and why you love the game and the and the different in-game things that you would think nobody even noticed but it's very important to a great game like one of the things i can say without spoiling the game of course is whenever you explore it as star lord your squad mates like rocket or Groot or Gamora or Drax will say something about you exploring. Like, like Rocket has a hilarious line where he says like, oh, look at Rocket Boots over there going to find something to put his hands in or something like that. And he comes back and then he's like, oh, this is shiny. Let me put my fingers in. It's just very funny dialogue on and very rewarding on, on you exploring in the game. And it's, it's, a, it's a very linear game. So it's not like an open world. Don't don't think you're getting into it like Mass Effect. And you're gonna have different things to do. It's very linear. The only thing that's really of choice is some of the dialogue gives you different options. Kind of like Mass Effect, but it has no impact over the overall story. So the whole replay value isn't quite there, but it's still there if you wanna hear some different dialogue options. But but it doesn't impact the full game in one bit. So uh, it's, it's really not something that that's that's too important with, with, with what you're trying to accomplish in the game. Like if you're just trying to beat the game and get the best ending, whatever you say or the, the dot or whatever you choose to do, it won't change it. So it's just a great story with different dialogue options. So if you do choose to play through it again, you can hear something different. But obviously the dynamic in Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy is the biggest thing that's the selling point for this game. And Square Enix capitalizes capitalizes off of that in, in the biggest way possible. They say the banter is Mass Effect like. Like like Mass Effect like. Like that's that's the phrase. <laughs> now I'm not saying like, I'm saying Mass Effect. Anyways, hopefully y'all understood what I just said. Guardians of the Galaxy. In, in the movies or when they're on the ship they have a family type banter that's very unique to them like when marvel's in no when marvel's infinity war happened and they was fighting thanos and star lord and iron man when star lord was coming up with a plan while iron man was listening the way that they bantered it was like just completely irritated iron man because they were he was just like these guys are idiots but the, the the biggest thing with that is they're just a very much a family dynamic so it's not something that's like normal like you know they have their own it's like it's like the whole saying that every family has its issues guardians of the galaxy feels like a family and they say square enix very much shows that portrays that in a way that makes you may even 
get annoyed by how much dialogue is in the game like they have a lot of lines packed into this game because the game is not too long i believe it's like 30 hours maybe at the most so it's a, it's a very um linear game and it's a story it's like a movie it's a movie with solid gameplay to get you through the experience and not like get you through like you're suffering but just like you're having fun but you're also witnessing a movie at the same time. So it's a, it's a, Square Enix has the one. It just makes me even more mad about Marvel's Adventures. But I'm not gonna bring that up anymore. We're talking about Guardians of the Galaxy. Gotta give them the flowers for putting, for bouncing back and, and putting out a better Marvel project. So that's, that's all I really wanted to talk about with that. Um, Square Enix is, is, is a great company, of course. I mean, they came out with Final Fantasy, which made me, I'm not gonna talk about Marvel's Avengers anymore. But let me just say it gave me high hopes for that game. Disappointed me, but with Guardians of the Galaxy getting such high praise, it just really reassures myself that Square Enix was the right choice for Marvel to go with. Because as of right now, it seems like Insomniac has the solo superhero type games, like as far as the license. Well, I don't know how the license works, but basically... Insomniac has the green light to make the solo superhero games like Spider-Man Wolverine. And Square Enix has the superhero license to make like the team-oriented games like Avengers and and Guardians of the Galaxy. Like what are they going to put out next? Like X-Men? or No, they can't do X-Men because then they'll have to put Wolverine in it. Well, they did Avengers while Spider-Man. But I, I feel like Wolverine's more impactful in X-Men than Spider-Man ever was for Avengers. So... Maybe they could do Fantastic Four. That would be a good one. If Square Enix came out with a... Yeah, that's a... Yeah, so that's all I really had about uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. That's all I really wanted to talk about. So click my link tree in my bio. Let me know on one of my social medias. And let me know which Marvel team-oriented game would you want Square Enix to do next. And now we're going to get into Ed Sheeran's album titled Equal. Every time you come around, you know I can't say no. Every time the sun goes down, I let you take on. I can feel the paradise before my world implodes And tonight had something wonderful My bad habits lead to late that's not talent i don't know what is because ed sheeran has officially released his fourth studio solo studio album his first i don't know why it says this but it's his first as a father and a married man so you know whoever wants to whatever you want to do with that information you know 
more power to you but anyways the actual music get into the quality it's been chart topping of course because it's ed sheeran i mean he does numbers like he does some crazy numbers as far as first week sales i looked it up i couldn't find the sales so maybe i'm just early i would have to wait maybe more into the week I could talk about it again. It really just depends on how the segment does. You know, gotta go based off the numbers, you know. Gotta, you feel me? <laughs> nah, I'm just playing. Anyways, uh, so so Ed Sheeran, the whole the whole Equals album is, is doing great right now. The record is just, the record that is really going off is obviously Bad Habits as that was a single. But some of the other tracks on the album is of course doing crazy numbers like Shivers is going crazy, which is the second track off of the album. Usually, I don't judge by the first track because that usually is just the. I mean, how do you start a start an album? If if you start an album, if now we have to have a real talk as music connoisseurs here. If you know anybody that starts off an album by pressing shuffle, just just immediately disassociate yourself from that person. Like if you don't start an album at the first track, then then, then what are you doing? Like if you press shuffle. And then I don't want to hear the, oh, I don't have premium, all that. I can't play it from start to finish. YouTube, YouTube has all the all the tracks from Ed Sheeran, okay? You go to YouTube, play it from start to finish. Don't ever, don't ever, don't ever start a new album to press shuffle. Like, that, that makes absolutely no sense. Like, at that point, you might as well just not even listen to music because you're not taking it in right. Like, you know how people are really strict about how you consume music like oh you gotta listen to this and then listen to that like for me it's simple just just listen to it at least your first listen your first listen listen you should always start at least start on the first track like come on now unless the goat drop then you can skip the hits uh if 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 the goat's on your on somebody else's album you can skip the his track but you know that's the only exception but anyways the album's great, of course. It's getting great reception from fans. They really like how he talks about his issues with his... Well, not really dad, but just the relationship with his dad. They like about how he talks about a lot of things in, in his life. Ed Sheeran literally was explaining on how there's so much joy in his life. There's so much joy in his life right now. And how, how the music reflects that. So that's nice to hear. As y'all heard me say it a numerous amount of times, that the 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 way that artists really create huge fan bases is to put their life into the music. Because if you don't put your life into the music, then it's like we don't believe you, and that leads to to, to lesser sales. And that's just been apparent over the times. I mean, look at Biggie and Tupac. Look at NBA YoungBoy. Look at okay, let me use a non-violent example. <laughs> look at Drake. Okay, on the more like. Uh, romantic scale um look at justin bieber you know people who you believe what they're not believe what they're saying like verbatim verbatim but you can believe that they come out with a heartbreak song if rihanna starts popping up with some other guy across the street you know what i mean from drake so you know it's, it's, it's kind of like you you kind of understand these artists are putting their their pain into the music in a certain in a certain way just the believability in your music has to be high or your sales will unfortunately be low. So Ed Sheeran's album, his friend and mentor, the Australian music executive, Michael, and I'm going to stop there because the, the last, like, what is that? Good, good, Dinsky? Good, I don't know what type of last name that is. That is a, a very hard name to pronounce. Anyways, they, they talked about the album said they was questioning it 
questioning it a lot, but then they started to get answers about what they wanted to do. Start thinking about the, the the massive moments in Ed Sheeran's life and what he wanted to talk about. His daughter being born born was definitely one of those. And then talking about some other people, but the the biggest thing was that the Ed Sheeran said, "quote An equal symbol is the end of a question and the start of an answer." It's in the middle of the two of them, and I definitely feel like being 30, I'm on either side. So that's very interesting. I mean, he basically should have just came out and said that he's trying to get the whole math formula in, in his album titles because because at this point, all he's missing is uh, M, uh, what, what is it, MX plus B or Y? I definitely, uh, yeah, I, I think it's MX plus B. Yeah, no, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's what it is. So that's all he's missing as far as his, uh, maybe we'll get that in a, in a future album title, but at this point that's all he's missing to, to complete the math equation that he's he's putting in his titles but obviously when when, when you're a single <laughs> single when you're a singer of that magnitude you can do whatever you want and that includes using math solutions to put as your album titles you know so it's it's like what are you gonna say you're gonna not listen to it that's not gonna happen <laughs> obviously as Ed Sheeran's doing crazy numbers right now of course maybe depending on how this segment goes I may talk about the sales again for Ed Sheeran Ed Sheeran usually his fans usually do a pretty good job on like supporting like everything he does but you never know with fans I mean they're not and I'm not entitled for his fans to listen to me just like I'm not entitled for you to listen to me right now, you know? So it's like, it's a give and take. But at the same time, Ed Sheeran is definitely a great artist. Getting into the actual album for the first time in the whole episode, I have three snippets because this is a complete length. This is a full length project. So I actually have something to go with what I'm saying. So the first track, of course, is Tides. That track is a great start into the album, really lets you know the vibe, what he's going for, lets you know what type of what type of energy that this man Sharon is on. I really like that track. I thought it was a great track into number two because of course Shivers was one of the best tracks that well a lot of people say it was one of the best tracks off of this album. I saw the saw it on a lot of playlists, so he, he's really pushing this track. And I would too, because it sounds amazing. And honestly, that is the first snippet we have for the album, as it's definitely one of the standouts. So here is Sharon. Here, well, here is Sharon, Ed Sharon. But here's the title, Shivers, right now. to you i'm a huge hip-hop connoisseur but this type of music makes me feel like i should have just completely switched over into the what is the ed sheeran genre is it pop like what is that if everybody in that pop genre made music like ed sheeran and justin bieber i would be a complete pop fan like that is just some the 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 use of melodies and the the complete strict structure 
it's very formulaic for the radios but the way that that is it's all in execution now you can have the verse bridge hook verse two bridge hook and then the bridge again to the to the closeout but at the same time whenever you're making a radio uh, single it's like if your delivery is trash which i talked about an artist whose delivery is getting kind of weak but we're not gonna name him because he's one of my favorite artists but anyways ed sharon's delivery for some of these formulaic radio hits is still on point to where it's better than most of the people in the game who's singing at this current time so i just really enjoy ed sharon's music like he's really one of my favorite pop artists track number three first times honestly that track is solid I'm not gonna lie to you. A lot of these tracks, it doesn't. I don't want to say this in a bad way, cause Rod Wave, okay, is going completely left field. Rod Wave put out a, a whole album called So Fly, which is still in my top five of 2021. Every track on there is similar, but I can still sing it word for word because it's different, if that makes sense. So for Ed Sheeran, he's kind of like in that ball. Well, Ed Sheeran's way bigger. I feel like more talented than Rod Wave. But at the same time, I'm just trying to compare it to people who don't know what I'm talking about and who's listening to current hip-hop slash R&B. Ed Sheeran is kind of like that as his music kind of sounds similar, but at the same time, his message in his delivery, his, no, his message and what he's getting across is different and each track is different enough and each track to make it stand out in a way that's unique. So for these tracks, it's harder for me to review a Ed Sheeran album because it's like oh i like this track i thought this track was solid like i look i literally think all of these tracks are solid on the album but the standouts are the ones i'm gonna play the snippets of of course because that's usually how it goes but for people who don't really get into ed sheeran and may think all his music is the same that is his appeal to his fan base that's not in his demographic like for me i'm not the people he's he's trying to well i may be but I'm not in his core fan base, you know? I'm not the one that's like, oh, he doesn't need any promo. I'm still going to be there. Like, they're going to have to put out something to make me be like, oh, okay, he's coming with it, not just putting out something. So for me, this album feels like he definitely came with, he came with it on every single track. But some of them do sound similar, and that's just because the, the the radio appeal, I was, I was saying again, it's very formulaic, but Ed Sheeran's delivery is what stand, uh, makes him stand out track number four bad habits that was a single so i'm not going to get too much into that you heard that at the you heard that at the beginning of the segment track number five overpass graffiti uh overpass graffiti and i don't know why i said graffiti like that the first time but uh overpass graffiti is definitely a great track one of my favorites off of the album and honestly that's my second snippet for the album as overpass graffiti i like the messaging i like his delivery and i just like it sure like it's gonna keep coming back to I like Ed Sheeran as an artist and I just feel like he's immensely talented and it doesn't need to be like overrated could never be applied to Ed Sheeran just solely based off his talent so let's get into Overpass Graffiti right now by Ed Sheeran and so you can hear that right now
That, that sounded great I, honestly for that track that specific track he sounded like the weekend a little bit which i don't know which artist came out first i don't know if i'm sliding ed sheeran or the weekend but that track definitely sounded like a little bit of the weekend in his deliver no in his chorus so you know it's kind of like he turned into the white weekend you know he turned into july 4th for overpass graffiti but i still like the track and still feel like it was a standout on the album then getting into track number six, The Joker and the Queen. I feel like that's a great title. I mean, just a very, a very thoughtful title as the track follows suit with that, with the messaging in the, in the, in the track. And, and a lot of these tracks, like, honestly, for me, it, it, it's, the, it's the messaging and the way he goes into his life for me. Like, it's the way he really... Not pours his heart out on the tr on the beat. Like I'm not gonna be that dramatic, but I like the way that he opens up and gives us his gives us insight into his life in a way that can only be put through music. So I like the way he does that with this track. Track number seven, "Leave Your Life," is solid. Track number eight, of course, is solid. Track number nine, th like towards the end of the track, I, I kind of skipped some of these. So two step, stop the rain. Love in slow motion was okay. And then we get to track number 12, Visit Visiting Hours. Now, this was a track that I was like, okay, Ed Sheeran then stepped it up a notch. And, and that's just because whenever you get towards the end of a track, not end of a track, end of an album, a lot of artists like to do this. They like to put the last three tracks as like some of the best work on the album. And that's because the, the first three tracks on the album is what's most important. The, the last three tracks, the last three tracks on the album is what the fans are left with. So I always remember that as far as like if you wanted to make music. Visiting Hours definitely kicked that off and, and started it off in a, in a, in a great way. As vi Visiting Hours was very engaging, very high in, in replay value. And just the chorus was amazing. So we're going to get into Visiting Hours right now as Ed Sheeran is definitely one of the ghosts in this pop industry. So here is Visiting Hours by Ed Sheeran. I wish the heaven at visiting hours so I could just show up And bring the news That she's getting older And I wish that you met her The things that you learned from me I got them all from you Can I just stay around And we'll put all the world to rights The little ones will grow Favorite wine, and soon they're going to close. But 
So if the talent's not on display, if you can't notice the talent by that track or, or just that, if you can't notice the talent from this man from, from that, then it's, it's like, music is very subjective, but that right there was crazy. Like, you, when I say the whole formulaic radio play type um, format they go for with this whole album, album, they can do that because of his singing singing ability and that's just on display with visiting hours and how even though you could copy his formula you can copy the way he does things you can never copy the talent and that's one thing i really like as far as ed sharing um putting putting his uh his message into his crowd I, I forgot i totally forgot what i was saying basically i'm saying that nobody can mess with Sharon when it comes to well justin bieber is very talented but anyways i keep bringing them up because they're so similar as far as like what they do with their with their music Third, track number 13 sandman uh track number 14 be right now those two tracks are a great send off to the album so that's all i have for the ed sheeran equals album honestly there's it's not really too much that I could say that I really disliked about the album. All I can say is that he needs to come out with some better album titles because at some point you're gonna run out of math equations to solve, and he's gonna have to come out with like some type of some type of solution to to these type of album titles. So yeah, that's that's really it for me for the Ed Sheeran equals album. So click my link tree in my bio. Let me know on one of my social medias. What do you think of the equals album, and what was your favorite track off of equals? Getting into the overview of the pod, of course we started with Big Sean and the Grammy winner, Hit Boy producer himself, and a short EP called What You Expect. I talked about how it was very mediocre, and the bars and the messaging from Big Sean was on point, but his delivery was just—it was—it was just horrendously under underwhelming. Like it—it it was at, at, at some point. Big Sean has to has to start either putting more energy into his music or just be okay with the fact that he's just going to be a legacy act at this point. And they will never be the same like Dark Skies Paradise. Then we got to Megan Thee Stallion, something for the hotties. That album, well, okay, so this was a mixtape. I like this mixtape as much as I like the Nicki Minaj mixtape that she put out. And not just comparing them because they're female artists. They literally came out with mixtapes in like the same year. And so Nicki Minaj has seen Green on the mixtape, which was like some new tracks. Uh, Megan Thee Stallion has some new tracks for a mixtape. But the biggest thing with that was it's not in some type of way, something for the hotties is not supposed to be for males. Like it's just something for the hotties. Like that's literally pandering towards women. And I thoroughly enjoyed that project so i just thought it was a great display of lyricism and just it was, it was a great display of everything the beats were fired the lyrics were fired the messaging was fired she had something to talk about it was a great mixtape for megan the stallion then we got to marvel's guardians of the galaxy and we talked about how the reviews for marvel not the reviews for marvel the reviews for Square Enix in the Marvel Avengers game was horrendous. 
deservably so though so when they came out with guardians of the galaxy people just thought it was going to be another clone of avengers but we ended up finding out that square enix was surprisingly one of the best games of the year as square enix caught fire with guardians of the galaxy and the dynamic and they're getting comparisons to bioware and insomniac so they're sitting great with the guardians of the just know that guardians of the galaxy is a success and that is as a marvels fan that is just great to hear because i do not want another company to ruin marvel marvel properties with trash video game mechanics and it's great to see that square enix backs back back what bounce back with guard uh with this latest video game then we ended with ed sheeran equals and i talked about how the album has a lot of radio style formulaic patterns in it but because of ed sheeran's delivery and his talent level being immensely greater than any other artist in his field besides maybe like justin bieber i feel like he gets away with it because his talent separates him from the pack and the way that he delivers his messages is is from his life and i always say whenever you put your life into the music it makes it more enjoyable for your core audience and you even gain audiences because they recognize that you're actually living what you put through the music or you're actually expressing something expressing something that bothered you or maybe not bother you was private before you put out this album fans really appreciate that so yeah that's about it for this episode thanks for tuning in to the to the notorious mass effect podcast and don't be afraid to send me a voice message letting me know what you think of the show and what you want me to talk about in the next episode click my link tree in my bio to access my social medias and follow to keep up with my latest activities if you want to financially support the show click my cash app link located towards the top of my link tree as it helps your show overall Make sure to share this podcast as this helps the show reach more people so we can grow together and affect the masses. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Notorious Mass Effect.